what most psychologists uh, use as far as like mindfulness, you know, being present. Those are very limited and they only take you so far. So throughout the years, I use that. And, and then I started to think, it's like, well, you know, we need to step out beyond myself. I need to step out because that was the key, you know, as I've worked on uh, all these individuals, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, well, be present. And I would see them, because with my abilities, I would see them be present and I'm going, well, shit, they're still looking through this filter of themselves trying to be present. And again, that's where it came about. So I'm going, well, how do I, you know, how do I make them see the filter that they're seeing the present moment through? So, and that's where spatial referencing came about. Welcome to Masajati's podcast, Exponential Intelligence, where you can transform simply by listening. Experience the power of frequencies and the next step in consciousness evolution. Hi, this is Masa Jati. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. Today, uh, I'll be talking about spatial referencing. Many of you might have heard it, or what it's about, uh, a bit of confusion on it. So I'm going to go through uh, what spatial referencing is about, how it came about, uh, what it is, why it's important to your advancement uh, from a beginner perspective, intermediate, and then advanced. And then also, we'll probably have a lecture series, an advanced lecture series on how to use it to, well, uh, for spatial goal setting, for example, probably one of the most intense ways to materialize things uh, into your life. So uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, spatial referencing, uh, how it came about. So if you've been with me long enough, uh, back in the day, I would tell you to say, pay attention to your spine. Or, you know, you've heard of, of, you know, the jargon, be present or be mindfulness. And, you know, throughout the years, I use that terminology too. But then, you know, I started to realize that, well, it was more than just being mindfulness or more than just being present. Because when you say, well, be present and try it out, right? Try it out and go, hey, uh, let's be present. So what do you do? You start to reference yourself or you start to view yourself, viewing yourself, say, at most, okay? Uh, but the problem with that is that when you start to become present or you acknowledge yourself present, present uh, the problem is that you're still referencing yourself from your self-image. So say your self-image is, you know, this, this hand right here. Your self-image still stays the same, but you're referencing yourself being present. So you're still seeing yourself, say, in an abused pattern. You're still seeing yourself shortchanged. You're still seeing yourself as not lucky or happy or joyous or, you know, whatever definitions that you've, that you've given yourself, you're still, you're still seeing yourself in that representation being present, okay? So what spatial referencing does is breaks beyond that barrier because you would have to go outside of yourself to become aware of the patterns that you're running. Just a, a lot like Albert Einstein, uh, you know, that big aha moment he had where, again, most people don't understand the concept of it, which is such a deep concept, where he said that, that uh, you know, in order to find solutions that work, you have to step out of, say, where those solutions generated, or the consciousness, as I call it, of where those solutions, where those problems generated. That's the key. In order for you to expand and grow, 
uh, and realize your better self, well, you would have to have a different version, uh, again, a different reference point on where you could be compared to where you are. Right? So, so uh, again, the definitions or what most psychologists uh, use as far as like mindfulness, you know, being present, those are very limited and they only take you so far. So throughout the years, I use that. And, and then I started to think, it's like, well, you know, we need to step out beyond myself. I need to step out because that was the key, you know, as I've worked on uh, all these individuals, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, well, be present. And I would see them because with my abilities, I would see them be present and I'm going, well, shit, they're still looking through this filter of themselves trying to be present. And again, that's where it came about. So I'm going, well, how do I, you know, how do I make them see the filter that they're seeing the present moment through? So, and that's where spatial referencing came about. So spatial referencing is, is a fantastic opportunity. And by the way, I didn't develop it. Uh, I just copied nature because nature spatial references all the time. And, and I'll give you uh, some logistics on it in, in just a bit. But, but that's how you step outside of yourself by spatial referencing. So spatial referencing is, say, a much more accelerated version of being mindfulness. So it goes and breaks through the patterns of you looking at yourself. So again, spatial referencing would be a hyper advanced version of be helping you become aware of where you are, how you see yourself in space time. So this goes beyond your identity of who you are as a mother, as a woman, as a father, as a, I don't know, a great soccer player, a football player, whatever it is, right? Because when you're being present, or in the moment, you you still run those patterns, right? Your patterns of illness, uh, how your cell structure runs, operates, all the deeper concepts that we don't even understand or we don't even think about, like uh, you know your chemistry, your uh, hormone levels, your your breathing patterns, right? If you were really present, the way spatial referencing helps you, you would start to well, reference those points in how you rebuild yourself or how you create yourself here. Okay? So again, it's a very highly advanced version, although it sounds really simple. So, so I'm going to break down. So now we know what it is. But again, it brings you into the present moment at a deeper level or at an advanced level. It allows you to precisely pinpoint where you are creating your reality in space-time, the fourth dimension. Okay, so that's for you advanced uh, listeners. So, so the importance of it is that the closer you get to being present or basically the one reality that exists, there's only one reality that exists all the time in any situation, and that's the now moment. And the now moment is not based on, you know, watch time, uh, uh, references of, you know, what's on, you know, the atomic clock uh, that humans go by. It's the now moment that's created by universal time, okay? That is a whole subject in itself. So, you know, we'll just put that aside, coming back to spatial referencing, um, is that it allows you to come and understand who you are or how you render your reality here. And this is where it becomes really powerful because it allows you 
not to interact with your reality. Because most individuals, they see a circumstance or they're involved in a circumstance and then, well, they react to it. Spatial referencing flips it around where you understand the circumstance that you're getting into, so you create it the way you want to, right? So look at the difference. So uh, let's take a deep breath in. So for the beginners, you know, I tell people to, well, pay attention to, you know, your five senses. So that would be, you know, visual sensing. So, and I always reference themselves or tell them to look at the object that you're observing and then pay attention to yourself. So for example, if I'm looking at, say, this lighting here, I look at the light and then I reference, well, I'm this far away. And you don't have to go, well, I'm three feet away, but you just observe the light and then you just observe your body. Now for me, I observe my complete body, okay? Because I can. But for most individuals who are beginning, you don't want to do that because when you observe your complete body, say, say, think of your mom. A visual representation snaps in. And it's not just visual, although you'll see it if you're visual. Or if you're a feeling person, you'll feel your mom. Or uh, even some people like have a sense, sense perception. They'll, they'll smell their mom. So, so that whole image gets created for you right away when you go, say, think of the light, think of your body. So in the, for the beginner stage, to break away from your identity of what you've created for yourself, okay, because that solidifies who you are. So all the incongruencies that you wanna leave, you have to remove or again, dispel or not focus or make it more concentrated, right? So what you wanna do is say in this example, think of the light and then think of a body part, you know, the tip of your nose, something different. So the tip of your nose, your earlobe, uh, it doesn't matter as long as it's something different, right? As long as you have to pay attention to it, as long as it becomes an object, say, on your body, right? When you think of, say, the tip of your finger, you're not referencing any aspect of you, right? You're, you're not going, well, shit, I'm damn broke as you pay attention to the tip of your finger. You're just seeing the tip of your finger, right? You're experiencing, say, the tip of your finger in the most, say, raw or nude way that you can, okay, at this point. So, so again, for beginners, you want to reference objects, and two or three objects are fantastic, you know, visually, uh, and notice where they are, right? Something behind you. This is where, uh, you know, those ninja individuals, they, they do spatial referencing, so they become highly aware of their surroundings all around, even behind them, even if they don't have senses in their back or eyes in the back of their head, they become very aware of what's going on in the back. So this is part of that, but that's a whole nother subject that we can talk about again in the advanced uh, features of spatial referencing. Um, so for the, for the beginner's aspect, you would go through your five senses. So one, visual cues, and then, and then sound cues. Okay, or hearing cues. You want to know where the sound comes from compared to where you are. Uh, again, compared to where your ear is. Is it on the left side, the right side? Uh, compared to where, you know, your collarbone is. And again, it doesn't matter what body part, but for the beginners, specify the body part. Okay? For the intermediate, you want to say parts of your body, like say your head, compared to 
you know, where that light is. Um, and, and then you go into, um, well, we've got visual, we've got hearing, uh, we've got uh, touch, okay? temperature on your flesh compared to your, uh, you know, covered, you know, with clothing, uh, the touch on whatever, whatever is supporting you, uh, that's highly important. Uh, again, referencing for you. Uh, and then you go into, uh, well, we went, through, so that's three. So, and then you go into smell, right? Again, where the scents are coming from. And then last but not least, highly important for you is the taste in your mouth. Now you might think, well, why is that so important? Because your body has an innate mechanism to, to when you, you know, when you secrete saliva, uh, you, you taste it and, and you're aware of it, your body actually starts to generate whatever it needs to say fight out bacteria, viruses, or they create or elevate, or uh, again, adjust hormones and whatever else that's needed. Again, most of society though today, they're so, you know, with genetically modified foods and all that stuff, you know, it's, you know, your tongue is coated. So it's not as clear, but as you do spatial referencing in that way, uh, you most likely don't eat the foods that say dis disrupt your perceptions, okay? So you do all five senses on visual referencing. Again, uh, you know, sight, uh, sound, smell, touch, and taste. So going into deeper, in the beginning, as a beginner, it allows you to actually see yourself from an outside point of view, okay? Especially if you're fearful, you might want to give it a try, or you're nervous, you're anxious, uh, PTSD, you know, ADD, ADHD, you know, if you have kids, right? Have them do spatial referencing. And, you know, and it sounds, might sound stupid to them, but, you know, say you have a kid that has ADD, and, you know, it's worked so well for so many people that I just know it works, right? Is that, you know, you start referencing where they are in the room. For example, you know, you have a, you have a kid that's uh, ADD and you go, hey, you're sitting on the table uh, as I'm talking to you. It allows their mind to go, hey, I'm sitting on the table. That's right. It pulls them back to this reality or at least it pulls them back to your reality. Um, the other aspect of spatial referencing is that you want, uh, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, you want to spatial reference inanimate objects. So solid objects, not humans or pets. Because humans, well, most humans, they aren't in the reality that you want to be. They're not in the true reality. They're in their reality, in their now moment, in their present moment. But again, they're not in that they're not as close to, say, that one reality that always exists. So you always want to, again, spatial reference with all five senses, uh, inanimate objects, right? Uh, for the intermediate, for the beginner, again, it's just points in your body. For the intermediate, you want to get into like body parts, okay? Like maybe the head or your arm or your left side, your right side, and then you get into uh, again, bottom half, top half. So many of you, for example, uh, who are always out of your body, always entertaining other people, always trying to help other people, if you start to notice yourself, you're always stepping out of your identity or out of that fourth coordinate, 
that I talked about. You're always stepping into somebody other's reality, somebody else's realities. And that's why you don't feel well after you talk to people or you feel drained, right? There's different versions of that. But again, so notice that. And then you'll start to see that you go, wow, I'm not really that present here compared to the reality that I've created because you're always, say, stepping out of time. And this is just one example, by the way. There's a myriad of examples that I could give you. We just don't have the time. But as you become aware of how, how you represent yourself, okay? By the way, it's not, it's not emotional-based, okay? It throws away emotions. Because, you know, when you're emotional, you're in another reality. You create your another reality. You might think that you're in, in the same reality, but everybody else sees it very differently. Right? That's why. So, so, and maybe that's a really good example. If you see anybody that's really angry, right, and you see them, and you see them, say, creating or rendering themselves in a whole different other reality. It's like you're not here. What the hell happened to you? Or sometimes those people even get, say, possessed or controlled, right? It's because it's not them. So, so again, when you start to understand how you render yourself, you start to go, wow, I should be in this reality. The same reality as, say, inanimate objects, because inanimate objects are, say, closer to where you are. The reason why nature feels so good to you is because they're in its purest form, in the, the purest, say, fourth coordinate, again, of space-time that they can be. So when you attach on to that, or when you latch on to the reality that nature creates itself, you feel good. Okay. It goes beyond your mind. Uh, it goes beyond your emotions. Uh, in fact, it, it readjusts or, or recalibrates all those aspects of you. Okay. You don't have to go, you know, I'm in a shitty mood and then I have to go to my happy space or I have to take a deep breath in or I have to get into a state change and you know, I have to motivate myself. You don't have to do any of that because when you're in the present moment, you use emotions the proper way. Hey, you don't have to escape and do have to do something else to, again, control your emotions. Uh, you do control your emotions, but you, you harness the power of emotions that, and you harness all aspects of it. Again, that's another subject, but that's another, say, positive byproduct of spatial referencing. So back to spatial referencing, those are more advanced features that I talk about in the lecture series, the XI lecture series. So you might be interested in that. Uh, for the advanced individuals, uh, and let me step back for the intermediate uh, individuals who, again, uh, say get consumed by other people's energies or consumed by, say, other, I don't know, presences, entities, uh, curses, whatever you label that you put. Again, these are your labeling, not my labeling. Okay, I just see it from a, just a very different, say, level, science level, which is just that you have, say, another frequency that's around you. Okay? So you start to become aware, once you start to understand spatial referencing, you start to become aware that, hey, I'm in this reality. When I talk to people or when people take advantage of me, I get pulled into their consciousness or their reality. Right? So you go beyond present moment. You go beyond mindfulness. You really start to go, wow. My whole point of view changes as you know I walk through life. If I walk into a room and I lose myself, right? Or you know, I see somebody and then 
You know, I get angry all of a sudden. You know, why do those things happen with spatial referencing? Once you get, you know, um, you, you know, comfortable with it, you get to understand why all that shit happens very quickly, by the way. And it doesn't take you years. Once you spatial reference and within, say, hours, you get to really understand how you see yourself or what I say, render. Because when I go, how you render yourself, people go, what the hell is he talking about? What is he rendering? I'm here. You're really not here, right? You, and again, this goes into something deeper, but it goes into how you render yourself in space-time or how um, uh, frame rates, uh, how, how, how movement works, right? Because we're always in flux. We're always, say, in motion. Uh, and this allows you, again, uh, spatial referencing allows you to understand which way you're moving, right? This reality is always dynamic, right? You're always rendering or creating your identity every second, maybe every millisecond, just imagine it. But you're referencing okay, other people's references on how they see you. You'll stop that. You'll go, hey, I'm not like that although they might push their ideas or images or whatever upon me, and then I render it and then I think that's me. So when you do spatial referencing, all those things start to stop and you go, wow, that's why I feel like this. That's why I'm doing some of the things that I do. That's why I can't break these addictive patterns. That's why all these things, because those things are outside of you. Again, you start to separate what is you, your real self. Okay? So you get closer to your higher presence um, or your better version of yourself. And then you start to separate your experiences that you never were, like the abuse patterns, you know, childhood abuse or short changes or I'm not good enough or all those things that you think you are, those things start to separate. Thanks for joining. The episode you just listened to is encoded with frequencies of higher consciousness. It's normal if you begin to feel differently or confused. It's the process of change. For best results, observe and practice spatial referencing. Ask yourself, what if I could choose things differently? To learn more, subscribe to the Exponential Intelligence Podcast, sign up for the newsletter for exclusive information and offers, or join Maz on social media through the links in the show notes below.